On today's episode of Straight Talk, I'm pleased to welcome Micah Green. He's the founder and CEO with Talos. Hi, Micah. Hey, how's it going, Jeff? Thanks for having me. I'm good. How are you today? I'm doing great. We are going to dig into an important topic that's close to your heart on this special edition of Straight Talk. So I thank you for your time on this. We're going to talk about robotics and automation and especially a creation of yours. And I I see something in your background there. I believe that's Rosie the Robot. Yep. This is uh, over here. This is yep. the latest Rosie uh, in the wild. Well, it's good to, good to meet her, I guess. So uh, Rosie the Robot. You know, I know we've talked before about this, Micah. Of course, that reminds me of the Jetsons and uh, childhood days watching Saturday morning cartoons and uh, a little inspiration there. I'm sure it has fit into this project. Um, but if you're ready, let's just talk about your company and Rosie and the name of your company, Talos. So Talos is a commercial service robotics company. Uh, and just like you mentioned, I was actually inspired by Rosie from the Jetsons watching some reruns growing up. Um, and that's our vision is a full out humanoid robot that could do anything you or I could do uh, or more. Um, and our first step towards that is focusing on commercial floor cleaning uh, for hotels, office space, airports, universities, stadiums, senior living, multifamily, you name it, uh, or robots like a mini self-driving car uh, that happens to clean the floors of those spaces uh, and then collect actionable data around what's going on in the environment. Very cool. Very interesting story. Um, yeah. In fact, you said you watched reruns. I think I watched the originals, but there's a age difference here. So, but you liked them. You liked those shows. Yeah. Yeah. And no, it was inspiring. And what's what's pretty cool is that when you look at the technologies that like in the Jetsons in particular, video calling, that was one of the things they predicted back in the what 60s um, that look, we're doing it today, uh, all the way to like smart watches. Um, and now, you know, Rosie the Robot's next on the list. So our goal is to uh, bring her to reality. Yeah, it's it is inspirational and and you're right. A lot of the things we've seen in the past are now coming to life right now. I believe 2022 is the year that George Jetson was to be born. So, um, who knew we'd be talking about the Jetsons like this. So, oh, yeah. It's uh I believe it's back in July of uh 2022, which is our our uh, seventh year anniversary of the company. Um and yeah, when George was born, so it's it's meant to be. It's meant to be. Yeah. So, you know, all kidding aside, Rosie, the robot, the Jetsons, all what you have there, and we can see it on behind you on your background, is innovation. And we know that automation and robotics is important to you. You get it. You understand the value and the future and what it means to productivity. Does everyone get it? What what challenges are you seeing out there with, with this concept? Yeah, it's a great question. I think um, overall, what's been really interesting to see is a, a kind of titanic shift, I'd say, um, in the mindset. And I think, honestly, in the commercial cleaning industry, uh, this has been on people's minds for, for quite a while. Um, and I think the, the labor shortage issue has been around for years. Um, but I think with COVID, it's exacerbated that, right? It's accelerated that. We've seen it in hospitality. We've seen it in other types of real estate. Uh, services. So, um, so really with, you know, with all of that in mind, I'd say most people are really open um, and they're starting to be kind of other solutions out there. They tend to be kind of larger units for, for robotic cleaning. 
Uh, but I think, you know, and, I, and when I'm kind of presenting on Robotics 101, I, I tend to tell people, you know, this is the right time in history. Uh, and I think it's a combination of the, the problem is at an all time high. So when you look at, you know, the labor crisis, it's never been worse. It's not getting better. It's only getting worse. I think that's a big factor. Another factor is the fact that the cost of development uh, and these actual components of the units has gone way down. So the LiDAR sensor you can see on the top of our robot is what's used in a self-driving car. Um, and that price point went down over 10x uh, in cost over the past several years. So you're going to start to see that commoditization that allows us to build units at a price that's then you know providing an ROI uh, to the, the ultimate end user. And then ultimately, you have things like Wally, the movie, uh, you have the Jetsons, you have these other kind of media, um, you know, different movies and, and TV shows that I think have shifted society to become more open um, to automation in general and robotics. So, so with all of those things, I think really that this is the perfect time in history. And, and we're seeing that with uh, the amount of kind of inbound we've been getting uh, and interests for around robotics. Yeah, I don't know about you, Micah. I would love to go back in time and have conversations with people who thought up these cartoons and concepts and and ask them how serious were they? Did they really think this could happen? Was it just yeah. make-believe? Because so many things now we see were once a once comedy or a cartoon, now they're reality. So um can't go back in time. So I guess we won't know what they'd say, but I bet a lot of what they were thinking and doing was total make-believe with no idea of where we'd be in 2022. Yeah, I think uh, my biggest question is when are flying cars coming? But uh, I don't think we're too far out from that either. <laughs> we already from what I them. see on pe with people driving regular cars, I don't know if we want that, but you know, the yeah. Jetsons had them, so. If, uh, if a robot controlled it though, I'd, I'd probably trust that more than <laughs> I hear you, I hear you. Um, before we get into my next question, I just wanna hear you talk about what Rosie the robot can do when it's put into place like how much does it cover how fast does it work what does it really do in a building yeah absolutely so so first of all uh the nice thing is the robot doesn't require any setup it's ready to use out of the box and we're actually the only ones that do map free cleaning in the commercial space um another factor is the robot's smaller right so it's perfectly sized to be able to get in between chair legs, under furniture and cubicles uh, and harder to reach areas and really get edge cleaning done too. So um, so anyway, so in terms of the operations, you know, the user just puts it down in a certain environment, hits the play button, the robot will go even without a map, uh, clean autonomously very, very efficiently uh, and then return to that home position. Um, and it can clean, you know, thousands of square feet on a single charge, depending on the amount of furniture and things in the way. Um, and then what we've also done is we've created Swarm or multi-agent robotics, which hasn't really been done before. Uh, and what that means is there's actually, you know, multiple units working together as a team or as a swarm cleaning and communicating with each other. So one robot, you know, the battery life might be going down. Um, and with that, you know, it will send a message to another robot and say, hey, cover my shift. My battery's about to die. Um, so, so depending on the use case, you know, in a, in an office setting, for example, that's, that's extremely valuable. And then the units are that right size. Um, so you're not missing any spots. You don't have to worry about etching, uh, being missed at all as well. That information is what I wanted to hear because I want to now talk about implementing a robotic pro program. Cause I, I would think that a lot of people managing a facility might think it's too difficult, too costly, 
or or maybe they're old school and they're not sure about the technology, but you're telling me it's pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, I'd say but traditionally it's not. It could take weeks or months to implement robotics, um, get the tags up, do the training, do the, you know, pushing the robot around uh, for some others that are out there. But but yeah, for us, we can uh, get a new property up and running within 30 minutes. And uh, we're actually starting with virtual deployments this month um, where we don't even need to send staff on site. It reduces costs for the clients too, and then gets them up and running and scaling much more quickly. So um, so yeah, I think operationally, that's we, we've solved a lot and built out a lot of uh, technology on the back end to, to accommodate that. Um, and then I think something that you and I have spoken about in the past is uh, also the people side of it, right? And I think that's a huge thing we focused on is this is major change management, right? This has never really been done before, uh, especially at scale. So, you know, in terms of the end users in a hotel setting, the room attendants in commercial cleaning, you know, the cleaning staff, um, this might be the first robot they've ever interacted with or even seen in their lives. Um, so with that, there's there's a lot of kind of implications or, or things, um, you know, criteria that we looked at to make sure that it was set up for success. So uh, another factor is user experience. So not only is it easy to get into a property, but day to day, uh, our robot, you just hit a play button. You don't need to remember any codes. You don't need to know any specific um, operations beyond that, but you just hit play in any environment and the robot will go from there. Um, and that just helps keep things seamless. Um, and really, you know, the, the core here is uh, making it universal. So there's many different languages. We have some, you know, properties we're in uh, where they speak up to 10 languages in their, you know, cleaning staff. Um, so that makes things challenging, but uh, that's where you just strip away, you know, text, you strip away the things and just really, really simplify uh, to keep it very straightforward. Um, and then the other thing that we we really found too is it's all about, you know, who you're working with. And uh, we've noticed that, you know, pretty much all our, our partners today are those innovators and early adopters who see the vision, who know it is early in the cycle in terms of the technology, um, but want to work with us and, and really ask the question, not of um, can this work, but they ask the question of how can we make this work? And that's a huge, you know, delta between, I'd say, successful deployments and not, both at the executive level, you know, VP of operations or a regional director of operations for certain companies, uh, all the way down to your, you know, property supervisor or, you know, the general manager at a hotel. Um, and that buy-in, that kind of mentality um, is, is so important uh, to see this through. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to talk about a lot of training with this because it's pretty simple you said that i believe you 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 purchase the robotic equipment rosie comes in it's easy to use but there has to be some maintenance there has to be dumping the dust out of rosie's container tell us about that what what can we expect with maintaining this this equipment yeah, for sure. So, um, so yeah, that also has been kind of designed as we think about this. So first of all, we have a bunch of sensors to, to be proactive with that and predictive to say, hey, you know, the bag is full or it's almost full, um, all the way to things like the, the battery life, um, all the way to, hey, this motor might burn out in the next week. Um, you know, we're starting to read a current on that and can have predictive analytics there. So, so part of it is empowering with information, right, to deal with that sooner than later. Um, and then, yeah, the bags, they just have to be replaced once a week, essentially. And uh, you can kind of see by the screen in the image, um, kind of up behind mm -hmm. 
there, there's a lid latch. Uh, you just pop that open, take it out, disposable bag, uh, pop in a new one. And that just gets the best cleaning from what we've seen. Um, and then the batteries, you know, have to be replaced after about an hour and a half of runtime. Um, and then, you know, the, we designed that to be hot swappable so you can resume bigger runs. Um, and the idea there is you still have humans, you know, cleaning the bathroom, uh, cleaning the countertops, kitchen area, stuff like that. Um, so there's still a human in the loop. Uh, so with that in mind, um, you know, we can take advantage of that in terms of the, the interaction with the robot. Um, and then the other side, I was mentioning like motors burning out and whatnot. Um, so it's hard to see, and I'm going to try and, you know, do this over here. <laughs> you can see those kind of squares right there on the side of the robot. Uh, those are actually the wheel motor pods, which we've designed to be modular and we have a pattern around. Um, and what that means is we can track, Hey, the back left motor is going to burn out in a week. We can send that alert to the staff on site and they can actually replace it themselves. So we're all about empowering the users, empowering the staff. Uh, and my philosophy is the best service is not needing service. Uh, I had to call you know, an AC repair person last night at 11 p.m. It would have been amazing if I didn't have to call them <laughs> and I could have just done it myself. So, um, you know, I think uh, that that's kind of a philosophy here in the design itself, too, is just maintaining uptime, because the more the robots are being used, the higher the ROI. Very cool. Well, Mike, I think we've talked about Rosie quite a bit. It's an interesting system. It's It sounds fantastic. I like the idea of how it gets under things. Um, back in the day when I did a little cleaning myself, you know, vacuums don't always fit under desks too tight. Or yep. it looks like she might go under a bed even. So, yep. you know, there's that. Why don't you tell us about your viewpoint on the future of automation? What do you see, big picture, five years, 10 years down the road, whatever it is from your perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this gets me excited. I think about it all the time. Um, so as you can probably tell. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so looking into the future, I think um, there's some really interesting kind of factors to think about. Uh, like when, when I think about what we're gonna be building in the future, right? Rosie is step one. Uh, we're gonna build bigger units. We're gonna build other types of cleaning units. We're gonna build maintenance units, security, delivery. It's all sorts of uh, you know commercial robotics. And um, and with that, there's kind of this um, this thought around different types of innovation. So we we were talking about innovation earlier, and I have kind of a mentality around three different tiers of innovation. You have vitamins, which give a boost, but if they didn't exist, you probably wouldn't feel it. You have aspirin, which, you know, is solving a pain point, a headache. You notice a difference. Maybe you could live without it. Depends how bad the headache is. But um, but overall, um, it, it makes a difference. And then there's oxygen, which you just neither of us can live without. We always want to be building products that, you know, are in that oxygen category, just like Rosie is today. Um, and where that kind of stems from or the things I look at are where are there gaps in the labor force specifically? And then what are ways to help attract and retain those staff members? So, you know, for our industry, of course, cleaning, of course, there's huge, huge shortages. Uh, you could look at truck driving, right? I have a friend who's doing uh, self-driving trucks because there's hundreds of thousands of open roles there in the U.S. Um, so that seems to be a really good place to start. And then tracking where uh, there are injuries and, and maybe even the things that people don't want to be doing specifically like vacuuming 
uh, as much anymore, to take that off of their plate, to make the role a bit more attractive and, and increase their quality of life. So, so that's kind of how we think about you know, use cases. Uh, and then I guess higher level when, when looking at the industry as a whole, um, I mean, you're, we're already seeing it, right? There are robots out there. There are robots cleaning and doing different things in hotels, uh, office spaces, um, outdoors, you know, even delivery, uh, last mile delivery. Um, so I think what's really exciting there is there's going to be this, um, really this ecosystem. Uh, and as I mentioned, the swarm robotics, having the robots communicate with each other. Right now, it's homogeneous for us. It's the same robot talking to the same type of robot. Well, in the near future, it's not going to be. It's going to be heterogeneous. You're going to have different types of robots talking to different types of robots. Uh, and we're actually building out the infrastructure for that. Um, so we can create this network of robots that not only we're building, uh, but again, there's kind of this protocol around that communication so they can make better decisions. Maybe one robot could deploy another robot to create even more you know, autonomy. So, um, so you know, we'll be walking down a, a hallway in a hotel or uh, you know, an, the office building or even a stadium for the next game. And you're going to see all of these different units kind of like in Wally uh, working together and, and really communicating. Um, and I think we're, yeah, we're not far out. I mean, we are, you know, talking three to five to seven years for stuff like that uh, rolling out. Um, and I think generally speaking, I think the public's going to become more kind of open and accepting and um, just aware of like, this This is how it is now. Um, so. Okay. You So you, you brought up another question I have. You mentioned when people see this in action. So let's talk about that maybe as a wrap up. Yeah. The consumer side, the the secretary in the office, the business professional, anyone working, when they see this this happening, whether it's a single Rosie or uh, uh, several of them working in tandem together, what have you heard? What have you seen as far as the reaction to that? And are there any issues with noise or it bumping into people and it shouldn't, anything like that? Yeah, for sure. So, so what we've seen is kind of overwhelming excitement because it is pretty new still. Um, I think, and just in general, robots are very cool. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think overall, like when when we've seen it, you know, in front of people in an office setting or uh, hotel setting, you know, the people are taking selfies with it. They're excited. They're sending pictures around, um, and it it kind of creates that wow factor, um, which, which is good. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of the interactions, I mean, what's really cool here is there's no book written on human-robot interaction in these settings. I mean, we're the companies in the space, we're, we're writing the rules now. Um, and there are things like, so you mentioned sound, um, you know, in terms of like potentially bothering people or not. So for, for us, we designed the robot to be much quieter than uh, even a traditional vacuum, uh, but also even with the algorithms, the software side, to say, hey, don't spend too much time, you know, if you're in a hallway, for example, going back and forth, back and forth, because that person, uh, you know, will probably get annoyed over time. So, um, and then even things to the point of like, you know, machine learning or, or just obstacle avoidance, um, where there's a human coming down the hallway. Well, that human's walking down, which direction should the robot go? What, what's predictive, you know, and what is predictable and safe? because um, safety is so important. So if you're in the US, you're walking down a hall, there's another human coming, you're going to go to the right, probably they're going to go to the right, you pass each other, right? So that's kind of how we're, you know, interacting with our robot or what we're implementing our robot. But then what if you're in the UK? What if, is it the opposite? <laughs> Just depending on the country you're in or the operation. So, um, so yeah, I'd say at this point, it's still really early days, but 
Um, but it's been exciting. And, and that's part of, you know, this mission of getting robots outside of kind of factories and warehouses into the real world. Uh, so we can learn these things and then find the best ways to, you know, have humans and robots working side by side. The fact that you've thought about which side of the hallway to send Rosie down, depending on the country you're in, is very interesting and forward thinking. Not sure you made that up yourself, but I like that concept. Yeah. So, yeah, very, very cool. And um, I look forward to seeing Rosie in action in the future. Uh, We're super excited. This is our first year at ISSA. So this is essentially our launch. We've had tremendous success uh, with big clients like Marriott, Hilton, Hyatt, Fairmont. Uh, big groups in the hospitality space and now deployed in some senior living and office. Um, so we're excited to, to meet different groups, have people reach out, hopefully from this video and in person. Uh, we're part of the Innovation Award as well. Uh, so hoping to get some good votes there. And um, yeah, just excited to get the feedback and, and start working with you know visionaries in the industry who, who see the vision, want to work with us and ask the question of how can we make this work? Well, congratulations on your accomplishments, and we'll see you at the show. All right. Thanks so much, Jeff. Take it easy.